this time on Holy Ghost Notes. So we'll have 37 chickens or something. You're my hero, my idol, and I worship you. How did that happen? What is going on? I'll perk you right up, brother. <laughs> perk you right up. <laughs> What's up, friends and family, all of the above? This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. You're listening to Matt and Tim. That was a little backwards, but you get the point. <laughs> thank you uh, thank you all for, uh, for, for listening in, for tuning in today. Uh, we've got a special one for you. But before we uh, talk about that, Matt, how are you doing, man? What's I'm doing very you? well. Yeah. Uh, what's new? I've been doing rehearsals every day. I'm getting ready to go on yeah. tour. When this episode is out and you're listening to it, which, by the way, thank you so much for listening to Holy Ghost Notes, um, mm-hmm. I will be on tour, actually. So we're going to start September 9th in Philadelphia and make our way across the country. I'm really looking forward to being up on stage again. I was rehearsing this morning, and um, I was just thinking, you know, I've been practicing for so many weeks on end without anybody else in the room. It's just me, not even the band. Mm-hmm. The experience playing in your studio is so different than playing live. You don't have the same adrenaline. You don't have all of the, uh, I mean, obviously all the other guys on stage and, you know, obviously the crowd. And it's been 18 months since we've had any of that. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to get out there and do what I love doing again, mainly because, um, I just miss the, I miss our fans. I miss, mm-hmm. I miss the environment. I miss the excitement. I miss the adrenaline. And as much as I practice by myself and it's rewarding because I feel myself getting better, making progress, um, getting everything dialed in more and more and more that in and of itself is really affirming. But mm-hmm. if, if I were only ever to practice in a room by myself, I think eventually it would just burn me out and there wouldn't ever be that payoff. So I'm excited for that, for that day where there's like, I reap the rewards of, of all of this hard work and practice. And we get back to doing what we're practicing for, you know, what is the reason behind all of this? Right. Right. So it's been, it's been, it's been a really, um, good experience. I would say having this much time to practice and dial everything in, it will be a really good feeling to be on tour with all the guys play these shows and make our way across the country and get back to it you know just yeah. get back in the yeah. driver's seat yeah for sure so i have a question for you like being that tour was your life i mean you're you guys are road warriors if i've ever seen <laughs> to the truest extent of that <laughs> word road warrior uh how was it like not doing that after doing it for so long like did you feel like you were at any point, did you feel like you were lost or like you didn't know what was going on? Or was it just like, I'm home, so I'm in home mode, and home means farming and practicing drums on my own? Like, what was that experience like for you now that we're like coming out of it? I think I'm fortunate to have so much going on besides drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt fortunate the, the, the whole time. I was able to stay active and I didn't have um a whole lot of time on my hands to sit around and think about what i was missing out on by not touring Mm -hmm. Uh, i i think you know what i what i did struggle with from time to time was if if my identity is rooted in me touring and me being the drummer for august burns red then 
that identity um, is going to be compromised and affected by the fact that I'm not, I'm not living that out. I'm not able to go yeah. on tour. And mm -hmm. so it made me question, how is it that I see myself? How is it that I see myself um, when I'm just in every day working nine to five, working on the farm, hanging out with my friends, and there's not this element of being on tour and having that applause and having the satisfaction of playing a really good show. Um, it was an important time for me, actually, to ste step outside of the bubble that I've been in. I, I would call it a bubble uh, for the last mm -hmm. 15, 16 years. There's something psychologically that happens to you as a musician. If, yeah. if you see someone who's like a teenage superstar... Um, and you see that their life is, it goes from this state of bliss to this state of turmoil. I think we need to have more empathy for, for those kids because they're just kids and no one can handle fame at that age. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough to handle fame as a celebrity in Hollywood when you're an adult, but just imagine yeah. being a kid and not having the tools needed as you're just growing up and figuring things out. Yeah, man. And even though, you know, I, I wouldn't consider what we're doing anywhere near that level of stardom. It's, it's some level, it's some level of, of popularity. And it's, it's hard to figure out like, how much do I see myself in light of what I do instead mm -hmm. of as a Christian, um, you know, what, what we're told is regardless of our best achievements or, or our lowest lows, we are always falling short of, of perfection. And therefore our need for right. Jesus is, is, is always at a high and in mm -hmm. him, we can find our foundation. In him, we can find our hope. In him, we can find true love. Um, and my job definitely uh, distorts that a little bit because there's sure. so much affirmation coming at any given time. It makes you feel so good. I think that God taught me a lot over the last year about that, and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. So you're coming in stronger. So what's, what's something that we uh, can expect or should expect or be excited about with this this upcoming tour boy um i mean i think there's going to be it's 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 not going to be a big switch from the same old you know uh, play 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 every show to the best of our ability and have a great time doing it you're gonna see you're gonna see jb's flip-flops i'm sure yeah. you know you're gonna see jake's <laughs> dance moves um yeah. we're obviously celebrating leveler being 10 years old. So mm -hmm. we're going to play that album uh, start to finish. And Tim, I know you and I kind of bonded over that, that record yeah. a little bit. So it's true. Yeah. Um, that'll be cool. I, I think it's important for us to do these album anniversaries because it, it, it brings our fans into this celebration in a way where it's like, we've been doing this a long time mm -hmm. and we're going to acknowledge the fact that this is the album that you loved from us instead of just yeah. like, pummeling people with the same new stuff that like oh it's it's cool i like it i don't hate it but there's a nostalgic factor to the old absolutely. stuff absolutely yeah. yeah it also makes you feel really old <laughs> yes it does <laughs> a couple of my albums have been celebrating like the 20 year anniversary and i'm like oh my gosh like what is going on right <laughs> 20 years old <laughs> just imagine tw 10 years from now like level or 20 year anniversary 20 oh, years goodness. yeah yeah <laughs> well we're gonna have to slow down some of these tempos i think a little I bit i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll be i'll be 45 in 10 years i mean double That's bass crazy man isn't getting That's any crazy. easier <laughs> yeah 
It isn't getting. Although I will say it, I've made progress. I've gotten faster over COVID. Yeah. I've gotten better yeah. at drums over COVID, um, and that feels really good. I was going to say this yeah. on the on on the recording uh, with our guest today, but the the thing that I walked away from this podcast with was um, consistency over time, because what I saw in in Seamus was this idea of chapters, and he mm-hmm. lived this chapter with Drumio. And he's grateful he had that time. And now he's mm-hmm. in the next chapter. And the next chapter doesn't negate how great the chapter before it was. Right. But it also means that um, this this chapter, though it might feel different and at times have lower lows, is still important. And it's it's it, it matters uh, just mm-hmm. as much as the one prior to it. The consistent the consistency aspect is he's always been the same kind of person as long as I've known him, regardless of, of where he is or what he's doing. Like mm-hmm. on this episode today, you as a listener are going to hear uh, someone who really doesn't vary too much in, in, in who they are. He's, he's very authentic. He's very true to who he is. His laugh, his, his tone, mm-hmm. the way that he talks, what he says, what he doesn't say. Um, and I, I love that about him. I think, having someone like him in this show is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, Seamus and I have been uh, talking back and forth, uh, I don't know, probably for a year now at this point. Right. Maybe maybe even more than a year. Um, so we've been we've been planning on having him on for, for a long time, and I'm glad we finally got it, uh, got it to happen. But for those of you who don't recognize the name, uh, Seamus, Evely, I think I'm gonna go with that. Might be Evely. <laughs> I think it's Evely. Uh, but he is, or was, I should say, the the uh, host of a podcast called Drumio Gab, which was uh, uh, like a kind of a subsidiary of Drumio, um, and he killed that podcast. Like that yeah. was it was awesome. Um, so there's still like 260 episodes out there for you guys to listen to if you're interested in going back and and hearing a little bit about. Uh, uh, about Seamus, but he has a new podcast now that, uh, you know, definitely you want to check out. He's going to talk a little bit about it in our interview, but it's called, uh, shooting the shit with Seamus. Uh, and, uh, I, I already subscribed. I can't wait to listen to it. Um, I actually just found out today that, uh, he wasn't doing drum gab anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) that came as a surprise, but, um, Needless to say, this was such a fun conversation, uh, and it was exactly that. Like we had no questions prepared ahead of time. This was just yeah. we got on and we started talking, and and um, I'm sure that will shine through. So, without further ado, uh, please enjoy our conversation with Seamus. really great to see Likewise. you guys and thanks again for having me on uh, your show and yeah. i really like your guys' show uh, i think you guys do a really great job of what you guys do and i like the the spin that you guys yeah. have on it with faith i mm-hmm. think that's really yeah. cool and it kind of separates you from the rest of the crowd you know what i mean yeah yeah thank you well i just want to start off let's just consider this our intro yeah. um welcome to holy ghost notes dude thank you so much for <laughs> hopping on here with us when i was on your podcast mm-hmm. um i all podcasts seem to run together for me or, or most interviews. That's a little bit of hyperbole in there, but yours definitely stood out to me as something that, uh, I remembered being on. And I was thinking about while I was rehearsing this morning, I think the thing I took away with it or from it was that it was just so fun. 
Yeah, I just right had, on. honestly, I just had a great time talking to you. <laughs> Almost like you've been a buddy of mine for a long time and we've been catching up after, I don't know, maybe I just got back from tour and it's like, so how's it been, man? And I'm like, at one point in the interview, I think I'm like, are we recording right now? Yeah. Are we on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, have we started yet? Because yeah. this feels so uh informal and and fun and i really like that and tim and i cut we try to create that same environment around here talking about pretty heavy topics obviously and then drumming it's it's nice to keep it light and keep it fun so i really yeah. appreciate the job that you did with drumio podcasts and Thanks. uh just having me on there and of course that's how we met in the first place yeah well i i have to echo those sediments because i think that uh i mean i i did 261 episodes uh interviews and wow. uh wow I, yeah, and I, I gotta say, like you know, there's there's probably about twenty or thirty conversations I had that really really stood out to me because maybe maybe it has a lot to do with the subject matter and how we connected on that. Uh, but man, you're in that top 20, 30 episodes I ever did. I felt I felt I like I made we, the cut. Yeah, you made the I cut, made dude. The you cut. made the cut, baby. <laughs> I made the cut. <laughs> Dude, everything I've ever done with my band, the Grammy nominations, it all falls short of this. Yes. This feels this feels this feels good. <laughs> Dude, but how yeah. many views? How okay, so I was in the top twenty, but how many listens do you think I got? Maybe maybe 25, 30, 35 total? No, I you think, think I was in that like one hundred range? No, I mean you're probably hitting close to three thousand on that one. That's pretty good. Man. Tim. Yeah, I know, you're right? Famous, dude. <laughs> well, I don't know. Famous Seamus, right? Famous That's what they tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a great yeah. episode. And the informal thing. Okay, so here's the thing, right? When you make it, okay, like say you have a little bit of pre-chat and then, and then you're in, but you make it yeah. like an introduction and it's like, look at all the accolades and look at all these things this person's done. And slowly but surely you're just raising the elevator up until they click mm -hmm. all right i'm done you know doing all that now uh how does that person feel like because some people yeah. love that they like to be buttered yeah. up yeah but i i have found anyways with drummers uh and suppose you guys could probably uh relate to this and chime in on it too that it's not really about that you know it's like yeah, i don't really want people making a lot of stink about me and like, how about we just get into it? And so I always found that what that did was it, it made things shaky right off the bat. Because I used to do yeah. that. I used to write scripts and do all this digging around just to butter them up before I throw them in the pan. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. yeah, it yeah. just made things shaky. And then I, I had to spend <laughs> the next 10 minutes stabilizing things and making mm -hmm. it comfortable for them. Whereas I found if huh. we're in it and they would say, hey, are we recording? I'm like, yeah, of course. Then... There was yeah, none of that I, upset, I think this you know? is 100% correct. I, I, I think that this uh, goes along with the whole idea of like filming myself playing drums on my iPhone versus filming this high production value mm -hmm. uh, video and putting it on my Instagram. And the one with just my iPhone gets more views than the one that I've spent all this time and money producing. Um, I think people, when they listen to a podcast, they want to know it's just you're in the trenches with them. Um, you're, there's not a lot of editing that has happened. There's not a mm -hmm. lot of grandstanding that has happened. And admittedly, Tim, would you agree? We, we sucked at this at first. Like we, oh my gosh, we grandstanded yeah. the, it was we grandstanded the hell out of, of our guests. <laughs> like it was like Aaron Spears. And, and, and it's like, okay, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. Tim, don't, don't, 
Don't butter him up. And it's yeah. like, Aaron Spears, you're my hero, my idol, and I worship you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for coming on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... we no, uh, I just did that again. <laughs> we, yeah, it, it kind of just came out. I think in, in some cases, admittedly, um, you know, you had to at least make mention of, you know, how they've influenced you. Like, that, that's a lot, like, where a lot of our conversation was stemming from. It's like, listen, man, like you have made an impact on our listeners and on me personally, and that's why I'm asking this question, you know? So it's right. like, mm-hmm. that was tough to navigate at first, but yeah, I think we've gotten gotten better over the years. And, and for me as a, as a podcast listener, like when I'm going, if I see uh, the name of someone that I look up to that I want to, uh, to hear or see, um, I want to hear the things that I'm not going to hear in a normal interview if I look it up on YouTube. I want to hear like them just being themselves and hear a story about like we had Ash Sohn on and he was talking about his his pet pig, you know, like instead of mm-hmm. like how he set up his studio or what mics he uses, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the conversation that I'm usually looking for. And so I think we've kind of taken it back to let's just talk let's just have a conversation you know yeah yeah well i, I think of it this yeah, way I'd it's say almost there's a little like less you structure. gotta you gotta drill in first drill in yeah. deep in the way that you think you do and then once you get there then you start to pull back and then it's like mm-hmm. oh this is all it needs to be this whole time but in your mind you're you have questions you're not certain so you sort of maybe over embellish certain things or overdo it in some way and i did the same thing for a long long time i mean i didn't do any podcast with video for maybe 35 episodes Mm. Mm. and i used to imagine what they looked like in the room they were in uh, maybe their facial expressions and trying to sense these body languages mm-hmm. uh, that way, which is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a, I felt it was a good way to start actually because it, it trains you to give more space because generally I'm, I'm reading people's faces when I'm assuming mm-hmm. either they're tired of me talking or they want me to continue on or when mm-hmm. they finish the thought or whatever not, right. right? And then you can sort of time things that way or like even quiet acknowledgements where you're nodding your head okay i see they agree with what i'm talking about or they like what i'm talking about i can mm-hmm. continue right. with that <laughs> right. but to, right but to Man, interpret that you are a silently, professional dude this <laughs> It's all it's all Jeez, in the details this is Man, like all point on yeah it's it's all in those fine details but mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. So, so that's. Can you walk us through what you've been up to? I know there's been a lot of change in your life as it pertains to your employment, or you're collaborating with, you know, Drumio. And obviously, you were successful, um, at, at least from a bird's eye view, at what you were doing there, mm-hmm. right? You were having all these these prominent, you know, artists on there, and my experience with you, like I said, was just great. So I'm just wondering, what was your transition like from there into what you're doing now, and um, are are you more fulfilled doing what you're doing now than what you were doing then? And, and if so, what's the reason behind that? So it's all based upon an educated guess. And I don't think that when you're doing such a big uproot, because it's not just a podcast, there's a whole lot of things that are changing with us currently. Uh, but uh, it's been in the works now for maybe nine months, just thinking about it at first and sort of, sensing some pull you know and it's like okay Mm -hmm. like because when we bought this house four years ago you know our son was one years old he was just a 
toddler crawling around and walking around and whatnot. And we always thought, okay, this is the house. You know, we're going to lay down our roots here. This is the first home we've ever bought. We really connect with it. Uh, and, you know, I don't ever see us moving. And then, of course, four years later, now we're moving. <laughs> it's like, how did that happen, you know? So there's a lot of contributing factors. I mean, COVID's a big one. Uh, that's an enormous mm-hmm. one. Uh, but also, too, yeah. like, my wife's pregnant now. You know, she's uh, due in December, uh, late December, with our daughter, who's uh, going to be named Amelia. Amelia Roma. That's going to be Aww. her name. That's awesome. Congratulations, yeah, so, man. Thanks, that's, man. That's really cool. So we're having, uh, now we have, well, we have a, our son Harrison, who just turned five, and then, uh, and then Amelia. So a son and a daughter. So that's really fantastic. But we have this that's flower great. shop. We've had, we have this flower shop. We've had it now. I guess uh, we would be going into our 10th year of business this October. And uh, unfortunately, there was a fire recently uh, that happened two months ago next to our building. So it was, uh, all these buildings are all stuck together. You know, old downtown buildings. There's no firewalls. There's, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. So fire happens. Pretty significant. It was some flat top roofers. They torched the roof and the smoke, man. It destroyed our store and uh so we've been dealing with insurance shit oh yeah yeah so that's been fun yeah oh my gosh (laughs) what do you mean by uh flat flat top roofers do you like do you just mean like on our barn we have uh uh, the chicken house is a flat top with like a rubber roof is that Mm. is that what you're referring to well so like you would have like just a membrane roof which doesn't require heat or acetylene torches and things like that and then the old school style is a tar roof and right. they're pretty dangerous. Okay. I mean, like, you know, as far as the risk uh, is concerned, that's pretty old school technology. Yeah. And that's a stretch to use the word technology with that. But, you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of times when you're renovating an, a building like that with a flat roof, they want to see a membrane go down uh, because there's no chance for combustion, you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like this happening. Right. So. But anyway, so these people are torching away and, you know, like the crazy thing is, is that there's a, an apartment above the pharmacy that caught fire. And there was a person who coincidentally uh, did all of the mudding in my house who was sleeping on the couch while it happened. Oh and he happened to wake up. Now, the roofers knew he was in there and didn't come to get him. So it could have been Whoa. manslaughter, right? It could have been a lot worse. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man, oh man. And, yeah. And a lot of times these flat top roofers don't have insurance. Now they may present some form that you would then sign that looks like insurance, but is not. Uh, mm. Because it's just impossible uh, to have a claim, like to, to have insurance policy when that's the work you do because of the the risk involved like insurance companies right. won't go near it unless you pay a million dollars in insurance right. you know yeah, right yeah that's yeah. yeah, like an 18 year old getting on a crotch rocket well yeah we'll price you out of that you know just with the insurance <laughs> right. alone yeah you know the insurance will be worth more oh than the, so you want to buy bike. a um a little piece of uh well there's two wheels and it goes 200 miles an hour <laughs> And you're 18 years old, man. This is not going to end well for us. You know, it it looks fun. It looks fun. When I was a kid, I wanted a motorcycle. And then I looked at the insurance rates, to your point, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. this just tells me right off the bat, the likelihood of me getting in an accident is high based on the fact that they're covering their butts 
yeah. it, you know, as it pertains to liability with Absolutely. insurance. Like, yeah. This is a dumb idea. Plus, I just started playing drums, and it's like kind of like my hands and my feet intact. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You chose a safer option, I guess, and insurance. I mean, yeah. Right. Tractors. I chose tractors. There you go. You know, I love tractors, <laughs> Farbied. too. I totally get that. Um, yeah. So anyways, with all that, right? So like, so that, uh, you know, Amanda's about to give birth. And with Harrison, when she had him, she was back at work three days later, man. Like, I'm like, you're not doing wow. that again. Like, you really <laughs> missed out on a lot of stuff because this is such a demanding industry. This business, when you're not there, you're always thinking about it. Or uh, at the mm. drop of a hat, you need to come to the rescue and solve a problem. And it's like... Mm. I want you to like actually experience motherhood in the sense of like you give birth and now you get to spend time with your child, you know, and, and exactly. And I'll go back to work and I'll do that. I'll go back and run equipment again, you know, like yeah. that's fine. Um, so, you know, just with the timeline of everything, it's like, okay, so we're getting out of the business. So kind of no reason to stick around anymore. Uh, and where we moved, uh, you know, the housing market's ridiculous, right? I mean, our, oh our, my gosh right so our house that we paid very yeah, little insane. for because no yeah. one wanted it um we're like man this thing is worth like over two times what we paid for it i've done both mm. to work myself wow. so good for let, you right so let's cash in on that and make a mm -hmm. pile of money and then take that money and buy land let's do that um mm. so we've gotten really enthusiastic about homesteading farming things of that nature, uh, so that we know where our food comes from. Well, like we're really passionate about growing food. I want to dig a half acre earthed in pond. There's lots of clay in this area in the soil. So it'll hold the water, stock that shit mm. with largemouth bass and shell oh, crackers nice. and bluegills and like have another food source. And then we have about 17 chickens here at our place. We sort of tampered with homesteading here a little bit with the small amount of land we have here. Uh, but we really like that. Uh, chickens are awesome. And the kid loves them. And it's, it, they're like maintenance-free practically. <laughs> and so there's our eggs. There's our meat. And let's like, you know, let's get another 20. So we'll have 37 chickens or something like that. And then a couple nice. pigs. And there, there you go. Like, there's a lot of food there, just in the meat and the eggs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got, like, a garden bed now that's, like, 100 feet long and 50 feet wide. So we can do annual gardens there and grow a lot of our own food. And then permaculture is something that we want to get involved with and try really? doing, like, a food forest. Yeah, something that's generational that over time will just get better and better and better. Um, so that's our interest, you know, and we needed land to do that, but we can't afford anything around here. So we bought in a sleepy market and it happens to be called the banana belt uh, because they don't oh, really cool. get winters here uh, in uh -huh. this area like they do everywhere else. It's like besides Victoria, BC, this area has the best agricultural weather. Uh, hmm. So perfect. And it's flat. It's mm. flat, you know, but yeah. again, like can grow lots there's a quonset hut that's like 100 feet long we can do a bunch of stuff in there with aquaponics and hydroponics kind of get things cracking uh do all that so we can get things ready for in the in the spring but yeah man so that's where our head's at so we really wanted to do that so we ended up buying a place with 4.7 acres which is plenty for us to do our little micro farming uh situation and uh it meant though like all of this means like selling the house getting rid of the business quit the podcast go back to yeah because I, I mean i can't feed my family on what i was getting paid to do that right i mean that's it, right 
Mm. It was great for the time being when we had the shop, and that was our primary income. Uh, and that's great. And I got to be a stay-at-home dad and make enough money to pay my mortgage and then some. But it just doesn't make sense now. I need to make real money. You know? mm. so. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you made a decision that was really rooted in in your family and yeah. not just your own personal interest, but you saying, I mean, at, at some point, I'm just thinking about this. At some point you had to sit down and you had to say, I like doing what I'm doing, but me doing what I, what I like is not the priority here. I have to think about the, the long game. I have mm-hmm. to think about my family and the sustainability of, of our current interests versus our future interests. And it's, it sounds like, you know, you had to make some some sacrifices. Like I, I know you're kind of making it seem like this is something that's kind of like a dream that you're living out, but obviously baked into that are all of these things that you had to to struggle with at night. Like, oh, man, but I really like this. Or mm-hmm. are you really sure about this? Or do we really want to do this? Like, look at what mm-hmm. I'm giving up, you know? And all, all of these selfish things come out when you're having to make a decision like that that doesn't mm-hmm. directly benefit just you. And, right. and uh, I think that, I think that what you did, I mean, obviously us talking about it right now, it's like, wow, it sounds like you have a great life. It sounds like you're fulfilled, but I think it's easy to miss those areas along the way where you had to just fight and struggle. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, I want to get to that point where I'm doing what I want to do coming off of something else. I also like doing, there's going to be a lot of time in there that we don't tend to talk about, which is that, that frustrating, just struggling, battling with, what what sucks about the process too there's sacrifice yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. right yeah and so with that i think there's beauty in that i think that uh when things are challenging or you're taking on things that you've never done before it might come into someone's mind i've never done that therefore i'm not that therefore i cannot be that and i don't like Mm. the word can't at all cat can't Mm -hmm. to me is a cop out that's bullshit and i just don't believe in that word uh like everything i've done in my house dude is the first time i've done it and i went out and i bought the tools because i couldn't get anyone to come in to do it and that is awesome right just go on youtube i'm not kidding i go on youtube and i I learn how to do it and then i go and do it the next day that's how i built all of this all of this i had i had no idea what i was doing yeah That's just it, but I bet you now you do know a fair bit more than you did, right? And and that's the thing. Now you can start compounding, like compounding interest, you know? It's just, okay, now I know this. I got some foundation under me, and maybe now I can even just think for myself, and what do I think would work here? And then you can execute it, and it's like, wow, I'm doing it. And there's so much satisfaction in that. And uh, There is. You know, and uh, and I think, too, there's these very primary things – that we can do in our lives that uh, for, it makes me emotional these days, uh, like thinking about food. And, uh, you know, with my new podcast, I, I'm going to be following and documenting this uprooting and this homesteading and sharing these things that come up and things that happen. And oh, yeah. that's cool. Okay. Yeah, like that's part of it. And human rights is another part of it and philosophy and psychology aspects and just, you know, and all based upon just experiences and and, and literally no holds barred. Just this is what's up. This is what's happened mm-hmm. to me in my life, you know, and this is how I'm working through it. And you can choose to fester on that negativity. And when things around you are like a slight, a cyclone of negativity, you can be so attracted to that and fester on it. And 
this rumination on the negativity, it disables you from being able to also see at the same time the positivity and the things that you could Mm -hmm. be doing in spite of that, in a sense. It's like, well, if you're going to do this to me, what can I do to crawl out of this hole? And, uh, And I also believe that... At, at, at all points of life, there's dark and there's light, and they're happening simultaneously. And again, that darkness can be really distracting, and you don't even see the positives that could be happening. Yeah, the store's mm-hmm. burning down. This is happening. That's happening. Well, there's so many good things, though. I met a guy on the street who I talked about earlier was sleeping on the couch, and he ended up mudding my house, you know, and that was cool. And he made some money because he didn't have a place to live. And it's like, cool, man. Like uh-huh. I was able to pay you cash for some some work that you are good at. And like I just find like you can really dig in to those moments. And it's some really yeah. great things can happen as a, mm-hmm. as a course of that, right? Yeah. What's so. the name of your new podcast? Uh, shooting the Shit with Seamus. The best. <laughs> yeah, okay. The very best. Oh my god, dude! The new jingle's hilarious. So I was sitting in here and uh, I was wanting to do like a like a, a harmony, a stacked harmony thing. So it's like shooting shit. So I'm like, and then I have my kids' harmonica, and I really like the C and D notes, right? So I ended with that, but it's just funny to me. Like it's nine seconds long, and it makes me laugh. Here, you want me to play it for you? Have you heard this? Before? Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to okay, hear it. Here, I'll I'll play it. It's this this is jokes, man. Tim, this is going to be an easy podcast episode to so put easy, graphics yeah. and yeah. audio to. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, cool. Where's Seamus? <laughs> right? Yes. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very, I kind of want that brew. just like on a personal level. Every time I'm having a bad day, just just tap that in my, you know, on my voice. Yeah, right. Memo. Just yeah, yeah. perk you right up, brother. <laughs> yeah. Perk you right up. <laughs> but no, I'm really stoked about the new show too, man. Because it's you know what, I'm not spending a load of time on it. I don't have to schedule anybody. I don't have to okay. do any of that. And whenever an opportunity comes around. Uh, like I was saying to Tim in the pre-chat, you know, like my neighbor's a biker. He's going to get me in touch with some some bikers, and uh, we're going to talk about bikers' rights, you know. And that's great content. I mean, like, let's talk yeah. about that. Why not? You know, like these people yeah. are misunderstood. They're the bull. They're like they're the pit bulls of society, you know, mm-hmm. and they're heavily misunderstood. So I don't know. I just think that would be really cool, and just kind of let it. Like I don't want it to be about anything. I just want it to be whatever comes around and it's like oh that's really like capturing my interest or i have something to say now you know that happens too where it's just like boom i got it in my head it's on Mm. my heart i gotta spit it out now into the mic i've done this stuff long enough i can talk forever and it's no labor (laughs) it's effortless you know it's not hard so i I want to keep doing it right so i'm really glad that you're continuing this i i think like I, I picture myself if I didn't have August Burns Red, right? And I was just playing drums for fun. I would hope that I wouldn't fall off and just stop playing drums completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so with you not having Drumio, I'm really glad that you're making the decision to continue doing this this podcast because you're good at it. And mm-hmm. you're, you think in a way that is, is very interesting to me. It's, it's unique and it's unlike a lot of our other uh, guests they in their own right are have a unique way of thinking but yours is 
coming at it from more of a, it seems like more of a psychological level uh, where you're thinking about what's underneath of everything else that's happening at, at mm. any given time. Um, and I think, you know, our generation cares in a huge way about social justice. Our generation cares in a huge way about like, there was a wrong that was done against this person and I wanna make sure that that doesn't happen again. And regardless of your faith or wherever you're coming from in your worldview, um, that seems to be a common denominator. And I'm, I'm glad that it sounds like you're going to be speaking to some of that. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you'll be filling some of that, that space. Um, but you, you won't be restricted to like one little corner, which I think will mm -hmm. give you the freedom to have more fun with it mm -hmm, and yeah. feel more freedom with it. I think Tim and I at times feel frustrated with, you know, even though we have two pretty broad topics, it's like, all right, Tim, What's our drum topic to today? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, we've pretty much covered everything, you know, yeah. like what, paradiddles, paradiddles, double diddles, yeah. triple diddles, like, like what else, you know, what else are we going to cover? I mean, yeah. we've gotten to the point where like, Tim, we've talked about like things that have nothing to really do with drumming, but more yeah. so the psychology of drumming. Exactly. We've definitely branched out into the, the psychological side of drumming rather than like drum uh, dynamics, you know or mm -hmm. yeah. symbols or yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and well and, yeah and say it like after 260 episodes i was feeling like i was running out of stuff to ask like oh like i've sure. covered a lot of material <laughs> and you know it kind of feels like i'm retreading the tire now and it's like <laughs> i'm just personally not getting as much out of it you know and <laughs> right yeah so i think sure. for me yeah this is perfect i kind of just do whatever i want and it's completely on my terms and yeah yeah man because i always felt friction right i mean i talked about this while i left drumio man i'm not like them i i like them and i got along great with them but who mm -hmm. i am and mm -hmm. what i would like to portray is not what they portray i'm like mm -hmm. not that you know right. like i don't look like the kind of guy who's on like a sesame street and like with stuffed animals and shit and like like oh, oh so jolly like i'm a happy guy don't get me wrong but like i you know i just man no i'm rated r and they're rated pg and there's a yeah. definite friction yeah. there uh where yeah. i always felt like although they never said this ever and they always said do your own thing i never felt like i truly could you yeah. know, because like my real thing, dude, man, is gonna stretch your audience pretty thin, uh, and and you might not thank me for that. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I think you were really good for Drumio, and I think I Drumio agree. was yeah. really good for you. Like I actually think it was, though I I understand that friction. I think that you gave Drumio a certain level of credibility from an outside perspective, right? When I well, did thanks. the interview with you, the podcast with you, my interpretation or my idea of Drumio was glossed over, um, you know, very pro and buttered up and perfected and highly produced and nothing inerrant or nothing surprising about this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go on and you're like, so dude, how the hell are you? Let's hang out. And I'm like, yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. Is this the right? This is the right guy, right? Yeah. Okay. This is. Oh, this is awesome, man. Like this is. We're shooting. You know, shooting the hip shooting here. The so, That's right. There you go. I mean, it's perfect. Shooting, so shooting I. It's perfect. But then, to that, I think you know, Drumio. So Drumio benefited from that, and you. But I think you also 
I think that you benefited from I think you benefited from Drumio and that you know this is a chapter of your life that I think you'll look back on and and you had such a cool work environment where you were able to talk to some of my heroes you know oh, yeah, you're able to talk to I'm sure some of your heroes and though I'm sure it's draining at times um, that is a really cool opportunity that it was. that you had and that they gave you and from what I understand Jared did a good job of giving you that freedom to, oh, to he do did. that he was a great know? he's a great dude I, I've said this so many yeah. times both on my personal show uh, with just as much sincerity as I would on a Drumio Gap podcast episode. Uh, whereas, you know, I wonder, well, of course he's going to say his good shit on that show because, you know, it's Drumio Gap. But on my own personal show, <laughs> I expressed my uh, my liking to him. And, uh, and I consider him a really good friend. I hope that we get to hang out again in the future. Uh, and to your yeah. point, Matt, yeah, dude, I... I grew a lot because of them. And I know this for a lot of the people who work there, that it's true for them too. There's sort of like this wounded bird thing going on there where it's kind of like, you know, they, they take you in and they trust you and they treat you well. They present lots of challenging situations for you, which, man, I yeah. threw myself in the fire a lot of times. Uh like, my ass is burning red. I know it's August burns red. My <laughs> ass is burning red. Because I was sitting in that thing all the time. It's like, man, oh, I haven't yeah. fully collected myself from the last one. Like, yeah. And yeah. so, like, they really challenged me a lot. And, man, I mean, here's a, here's a clutch moment. I mean, I remember bringing Dom Famulero back to my hotel to talk to him. And we did our interview. I'm like, okay, now I got to run back and get Jojo Mayer. And I'm running down the oh streets of Vancouver to go meet up with Jojo. We walk back and I'm in the bathroom just sort of looking over my notes real quick. I'd use the washroom too, but looking over my notes <laughs> where it's like, okay, I have to quickly Shooting memorize this. Shooting the shit this. with Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping the shit with Seamus, bro. <laughs> Well, I didn't know. Maybe you were shooting it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, dude, I'm looking over my notes that I wrote ahead of time with the assumption, what if I get my JoJo interview, which I really wanted. Like, that was, to me, that, oh, yeah. was, that was the one, right? And I got it by just standing up and asking him. Jared's like, do you want someone to accompany you? I'm like, no, I got this, man. Like, that'll just make it more weird. Um, so I'm looking over these notes that I wrote, like, three weeks ago before the date. And I'm looking over and I'm memorizing that while JoJo's talking to Dom in the, in, in the next room. It's like, wow. okay, man, I've never been in this pressure situation before. And it, I, wow. I mean, it's not exactly the same as, you know, beaches in Normandy or anything, but still, I mean, it's something, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, wow, like my man. integrity, my everything is kind of feeling like it's on the line right now. And I have to produce mm -hmm. with somebody that I really have a lot of affinity towards. I mean, I got mm -hmm. a drum set upstairs that he played years ago and he remembered me, believe it or not. Oh my goodness. He remembered me from a wow. clinic in Canada. Yeah, he's an outstanding wow. person. Like, JoJo's awesome. I heard some horror stories about JoJo. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know what I'm getting into. Is he going to, like, just right. roast me or what? Nah, man, he was awesome. And, like, dude, you're... Was he? That's cool. Awesome. Awesome guy. So, like, you know, we're talking cool. about artificial intelligence and all this crazy stuff because that guy's brain's fucking huge, right? And <laughs> we get to a red light and we have to stop, right? And he gets in front yeah. of me to continue engaging with me. That's how intentional oh that man is. Yeah, yeah, no, I love JoJo. He's a great dude. 
Great dude. I've That's never awesome. met JoJo, but I, I would love to meet him someday. I mean, he his playing has just been incredible. For, for I mean, ever since I first found out about him. And he's, he's fascinating to me because you don't really hear much about him. Yeah. You don't yeah. really see too That's much right. of him. It's like when, when he mm-hmm. shows up, like you... Tim, you and I have talked about this. Social media is just loaded with drummers, right? And you have someone Mm -hmm. like Aaron Spears who posts every once in a while and everyone watches it because it's Mm -hmm. infrequent. And I feel like Jojo Mayer is even more like that to the nth degree and that if anything about him pops up, it's like 200,000 views because they're not inundated with him playing. It's it's like, it's special. It's still a treat. Yeah, Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's always encouraging hearing um, stories like you just told about a drummer who you kind of see from afar and know they're incredible but don't actually know anything about them personally. Mm-hmm. And to hear something like that where it's kind of affirming, like, okay, this is a, he's a good dude. Like, you have every right to look up to him. And, <laughs> you know, it's always, it's always nice for me. I think yeah. it might have went another way, though, if I had have stuck my neck out, asked for the interview, and then showed up and didn't know what I was doing therefore right. i he's yeah. that guy he would he would blow you to pieces man if you mm. asked for his time and you didn't know why and yeah. then you show up and you have nothing to talk about that that would drive yeah. him insane uh, yeah true absolutely right so i think like part yeah. of why he and i got along was because i showed up very prepared and i had intention like i knew mm-hmm. why i wanted to talk to him there was things in particular i really wanted to ask him for years yeah. you know and it's like i want to talk mm-hmm. to him you know and so it wasn't a waste of his time he he really he really enjoyed it so that was that was one of my highlights in, in my life you know that was just such a great oh, thing yeah. and had it not been for drumeo that would have never happened you know and mm-hmm. so i never forget these things you know it's like yeah. some people maybe when they hear oh seamus isn't doing the drumeo thing anymore they might think oh like yeah, I always thought Drumio was something. You know, like, no, man, that wasn't right. it. That wasn't <laughs> it at all. And and, and it had it been for COVID, I probably would have continued that that thing. I don't know. Maybe, I don't Is know. Is that right? Possibly. Wow. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really yeah, is a step I, back, man. That's, well, that that kind of forced your, your hand, you know. It gave you an opportunity to make a big change. Um, I was thinking about, yeah. I was thinking about this earlier, Seamus. What... What is it um what is it that you think drummers need to you've talked to a lot of drummers and when you're asking them questions or you're you're talking about their drumming or uh in your case just shooting the shit with them what what is what is something that you feel like drummers understand that maybe bikers don't or that someone else outside of this industry really doesn't have a good grasp on. And what I mean by this is what I see in drummers is this level of work ethic that I, 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 I see in farming. I see in my blue collar friends who are working their butts off, but there's this level of work ethic that almost drives them to, to continue playing more than like their love for just drumming. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what is it that maybe you've seen that has been a common thread in a lot of the drummers you've talked to? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's going to be fun to answer because I do have an answer to this, and it's it's an opinion that I've held now for quite a while uh, after interviewing so many drummers. Right. Um, I would say 
and I'm not saying that all drummers are like this. I think that people who truly identify with the role of drumming, not just the instrument, but the role of it, uh, they're quiet leaders. That's what I believe. Mm. I, I think like drummers are the leaders of a band. I 100% endorse that idea, uh, but they're quiet about it and they're willing to stand back and through persuasion by how they play dynamically, when they put their foot down and say, this is when this happens now, uh, these sorts of things. Uh, a good drummer is a confident person uh, who can uh, lead a group of people uh, to play a successful show. And I think without mm. that, you're not a good drummer. Even if you play all the licks, and you, right? And you wow. got all the shit that's super fancy that. and all of that, and you spent your entire life devoted to the... Uh, I guess you could say the execution of the physical part of drumming. Drumming is very psychological. And I think that uh, somebody who can read a room, somebody can read a person, understand how to blend to others. And I'm going to call it the platinum rule, which uh, I've heard around uh, where you treat others the way you think they want to be treated, I think is a really a very keen skill to have as a good drummer. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just knowing when to put your foot down with certain things and make decisions, uh, in the moment or in the studio or whatever, not, um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I think. And I've noticed that in a lot of the drummers I always felt were really great drummers musically, like, yes, mm -hmm. say, take Jojo for an example, that guy is a very strong character. When you sit yeah. next to him, you feel it coming off him it's like this person right. takes himself relatively seriously but he's very intentional and he has you know a very uh i don't know just a very firm grasp on the room and and he's mm -hmm. very good at that you know and when you play music at the level he does he's making some pretty courageous decisions at times where it's like right. wow that's a lot of notes <laughs> yeah. but wow did that ever yeah. work you yeah. know yeah. so he yeah. has to have a lot of trust in himself right but then you have, say, a drummer like Charlie Watts. God bless his soul. Mm, yeah. Man, I've been listening to a lot of Stones before that happened. And, yeah. like, listen to Shattered, you know? Like, that's some basic drumming. It's got a bit of slop in it. It, it almost sounds punk rock. But, mm. like, mm -hmm. just in how sloppy it is. But, man, is it ever good. He was a great drummer, yeah. man. It's one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, but, so sad. Man. Yeah, yeah, very sad. Yeah, I was really bummed about that. And like I said, I've been listening to a lot Same. of the Stones lately. Not not in lieu of his death, but like right. because I love the Stones and I've always really liked his drumming. But it actually took me a lot of years to appreciate it. But same with Ringo and you know Phil Rudd and stuff like that. It's like yeah, you know, like it's simple. I, I'm not hearing yeah. the thing, but you know, it's it's yeah. there. You know, and it's hard to emulate that kind of thing, but. You know, I know Charlie Watts was like the same kind of cat too, you know, like I heard stories about Charlie Watts and the guy was a pretty strong character, you know, and I think right. it, it just shows in his drumming, like maybe by how much he did play. And it's like, I don't need to, mm. I'm confident mm. playing mm -hmm. that and I don't need mm -hmm. to over embellish myself so that I may feel worthy of this music or to be involved in this group or whatever or not he was just a silent strong drummer and uh yeah, yeah. that's that's so that's what i've noticed in a lot of the drummers that i personally felt anyways through their playing uh and i feel too that like how a person plays is how a person is i think that uh, mm -hmm. the character of a person 
is completely transferable from the, the, the drumming itself and the person and who they are. I think the two mirror each other. And you could tell a lot. And it's funny. You know, I sometimes have these predictions. It's like, yeah, you know, I've listened to this player. I've, I've listened to them play a lot. I'm I'm catching the vibe. I I know where this is coming from. You're making I, me feel really insecure about myself right now. I'm like, I just want to know, like, what did you think I would be like? Yeah, when Matt, I first Seamus knows on. everything about you just by listening to you drumming. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm being that's comp- gonna be a oh my gosh, man, drinking water through a fire hose over here. So here's the thing with that though, and I'll be perfectly honest. I don't I don't listen to that kind of music, and so I never I knew what you did. But I yeah. had you on because I liked the personality I saw in your videos okay. and the way that you addressed your audience verbally. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I, I didn't have you on really so much because I was such a huge fan of your playing. Although you're a great drummer, it's not what I gravitate towards. It was more because yeah. of your demeanor in uh, yeah. in front of camera, and I really wanted to get to know you a little bit better. But the, I'm talking with drummers I've been listening to for a while, like a long time, yeah. like Billy right. Martin. You know, I listen to him a lot. When it, dude, going back 15, 20 years, it's like I think I know what kind of person he's going to be, and it yeah. was. It was a very abstract, dude. You know, and right. <laughs> very interesting. Like it was very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I, what about I've, like? What about like uh, like an artist? Have you talked to an artist that that gave you a vibe through their playing, and then you talk to them, and you're like, "Wow, this is really, really different from what I thought it was going to be." Not that, but I would say how they uh, how they carried themselves in front of camera. I would say to establish brand identity with their audience mm-hmm. and it's as marketing as a business right. uh and then it's like wow you're the nicest person i've ever met and then never right. hear from you ever again even get in touch with right. you email email nothing nothing mm-hmm. it's like i get it i understand i get it yeah yeah sure. i don't hold anything against that type of person really but uh because i understand that uh, these are very high level people who are very very busy and they probably don't have time for little old me but just the same the way that things are proposed and then yeah. actually that's right. i feel might be a little different mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. right yeah which was disappointing yeah that is mm-hmm. so i want to ask you about something um and I'm, I'm also keeping our time in mind uh <laughs> which is why i want to hit this now we've been talking about other drummers about you as a podcaster i want to talk a little bit about you as a drummer uh one of my favorite things uh next to just how you conduct yourself on on your podcast episodes is the videos that i guess more recently you've been posting of i was just on the kit and i just did this cool thing and i want to show you guys (laughs) because i have been loving that so tell us a little bit about uh you as a drummer uh you know your background as a drummer and and what what you like to do on the kit okay so my background as a drummer is i'm self-taught what was that? Mm-hmm. That was my kick drum. Sorry. <laughs> Tim got excited. Tim, let's I'm, sitting, good, buddy. I'm, I'm sitting. Uh, yeah. Tim, you, I'm sitting what's that tune to? Right C sharp yeah. sounds pretty good. I'm man. using it as a as a footrest, and I slipped on it. Yeah. Is that that new Emad two you got on there? That's the. That's, the, yeah. that's hilarious. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. Um, I loved it. Me too. So. 
Yeah, so I'm self-taught, <laughs> right? Uh, I never took the drumming thing that seriously. Uh, I love music, first and foremost. I've always been a lover of music, which I've returned to, uh, you know, as a result of all these renovations and stuff. I mean, you've got to have mm -hmm. tunes going. So I got my playlist, and I listen to tunes all the time. So I kind of, like... Get back into what, how I used to consume music, you know, like when I was a kid or when I was just younger and drums really weren't the focal point of my interest at the time. Uh, yeah, man. So not really listening to the drum parts is what I'm saying. Like I'm kind of back to that again, which is nice, you know, cause there for a while it was just like, what's the drummer doing? And always listening to that and probably missing out on a lot of other great stuff in the music. Um, so I was very detail oriented with that, always listening for parts and sort of the expression, the intention. Uh, you know, like some of my favorite drummers are Steve Gadd, Bernard Purdy, uh, Jeff Picaro, mm. you know, all those cats, you know, like mostly all those studio yeah. drummers, Jim Gordon, you know, like all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, but mm. then I started finding fusion and then it started opening up this huge channel of like virtuosos and then that really became my interest and yeah i don't know man so here's the thing i grew up in a small town farming town and it was one of those things i'm sure matt you've talked about this before where it's like yeah being in a band and doing that whole thing where i live probably isn't going to happen uh and i accepted that you know like not begrudgingly i accepted that it was more of an influence too on my folks you know they're like yeah they're like don't do the music thing like there's nothing in that mm -hmm. and i bought exactly. and i believed it you know and that sucks i, I kind of wish maybe that i i maybe just made my own decision but i wasn't really confident at that age to to mm. yeah. go against the, the wisdom of right. my parents you know uh but I mean, fortunately for me, I feel anyways, this last five years with the podcast was sort of, that was, that was, you know, it was a gift delivered late, you know, it was, it happened 15, 20 years, like after, uh, but I got to experience <laughs> it a bit. So that was cool. Right. But yeah, yeah man, uh, my drumming for me, uh, got me through a lot of hardships. Uh, I kind of yep. consider them just like a friend in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I go back and forth, and I know that being involved with the podcast, I had to really get into trying to play more high-level stuff and really make myself known with it a bit anyway so that people know, like, hey, the guy who's asking the questions plays. You know, he can play the drums. Mm -hmm. mm. So I felt like that was important to represent yourself as someone who can actually play. Um, yeah. So I worked hard on my drumming, you know, for especially during the podcast years. I've been so tied up lately, I haven't even played. Uh, but I, yeah. you know, there's some stuff coming through here and there. That's pretty fun. It's well within my abilities and all of that. And, but yeah, I would say like drumming for me is kind of like, yeah, it's like, I don't have to worry about that relationship, man. That's just like, mm. it's like, you know, you've been with me all these yeah. years. I always come, well, come always to you and you. beat the hell out of you whenever I needed to. And you took it and. <laughs> You know, I, I met a lot of friends because of the, because of drums and, yeah. you know, and so for me, my drumming is just sort of this, uh, yeah, it's just an enjoyable pastime and I really like to play and I love feeling the zone and I love, mm -hmm. you know, transcending time and space in a sense with it when those moments strike. And I think that's yeah. a really enjoyable thing and it's definitely worth me at least keeping things sharp enough so that I can get there you know, and, and enjoy yeah. myself on the instrument. I just love drums, man. I don't know. There's not a whole lot more I can really say about it. And as far as what kind of drummer I am, 
I don't know. I'm just me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I love that, dude. That that all everything you just said resonates me, with me so much. I mean, that's exactly where I'm at mm. at this point in life. And we yeah. talk about it on the podcast because the the contrast between Matt being such a high level drummer, you know, a, pro- a professional drummer at that, yeah, um, and then and then me, <laughs> where drums <laughs> takes a back seat to my kids, you know, and my family and my my career. Um, right. But uh, it's so cool, and I think that every drummer listening to this, no matter where they are, uh, resonates with that in some way, and just that the, the drums, they're, they're always there for you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. even, even the drummer who hasn't picked up the sticks since he was, you know, 13 or 14, like, you know they could go back to that kit and it's going to it's going to be familiar it's going to be it's going to feel good it's going to be friendly you know yeah <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's just it's it's uh it's wild how how drums communicate with us mm. in that way you know mm-hmm. i think um i i think my relationship with drumming is a lot like yours actually like both of you guys uh i didn't i didn't think in the beginning that i got any aggression out or that I had any emotion when I was playing drums it was just a mechanical thing and in most in the most recent years I really had a a hard time for a couple years with some personal things that were going on and I started to realize I don't know if you guys have had this or not but if you're going through something personally and you're playing drums you might not be playing because of what's going on in your life or you might not be playing because you feel like you need to get out some pent-up aggression or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But sitting down and playing, I found that I had something in drumming that I that I hadn't found in any other aspect of my life. I mean, even my mm-hmm. faith, you know, even my prayer yeah. life, even my experience with other Christians or God. Um, and I think it, it has something to do with, I believe, that God's put this desire to play drums in my heart. And when I play drums... I'm doing exactly what I was designed to do. Mm-hmm. And I only really realized this when I was going through my divorce. And I sat down and I played and I really didn't have anything else that was working in my life. Everything seemed like it was falling apart. And I'd sit yeah. here, you know, I'd pick up my sticks, I'd start playing. And mm-hmm. it just worked. It was like this this has always worked and it's always given me something that uh has fulfilled me in such a big way it's never really you have bad practices you have bad shows you guys know what that's like but like it hasn't let me down over the long term Mm -hmm. um and i really appreciate that about drumming and i appreciate that about our podcast and just relationships like we have here where we can talk about it and it's like oh yeah you guys have that too that's not just my experience right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah no that's Hmm. that's true for me too matt i I've had some pretty overwhelming uh, experiences in my life where either it would be sticks or hand drums were, you know, in front of me. And that's what I was doing at the time. And something channeled through that through me and created a response. And some a lot of times it's powerful. And I, I feel like, yeah. yeah, like you said, this sort of innate interest level that uh, you can't tell me not to play. I mean, you right. could have so many bad practices. It gets so frustrated with it. But now, nah, man, it's like a good marriage. You know, it's like, yeah, you have your ups and downs with it, but you don't bail on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You don't. Oh, is there that's something exactly better right. for me? No, this is really 
happening. This is meant for you. You know, and I yeah. think that it's important to acknowledge that. When I see people uh, discussing their, their issues with their drumming, I even had somebody drop a, a comment in Drumio saying, you sound depressed about that. And just to be clear, I'm never depressed about my drumming. I mean, I had moments in my life where I felt like working construction, doing asphalt work when I thought I was bound to be a musician and working in mm. the music industry, I like somehow made a massive error in my life choices. But mm. man, at the very least, okay, like th the furthest I can stretch into that direction would be something like this. There are interruptions in life and then sometimes you tell yourself this is where it needs to go, but then these interruptions keep happening and it stunts the ability for you to actually get there to the kid or, oh, another thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, now the kid wants this and blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. and, and you kind of feel like that every moment you're not practicing and... Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, man, you're like, take it away from me. Like, what, you know? Yep. And, and so I felt yep. that before, but I feel like when I place less emphasis on the drums, they become more enjoyable somehow. Maybe yep. not in the long mm -hmm. run. And this is, mm -hmm. this, there's a fine line with this, I think, because if you really put in a lot of effort, uh, then you get to enjoy more spoils, I think. But maybe does that yep. say that your head space is it's never good enough and you're never satisfied? Like, I, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. whereas if mm -hmm. I just accept that, hey, this is how I play right now. And man, mm. do I ever love doing this. And I, I'm getting a sound that I yeah. dig. And I'm playing with other people. I like the sound that they're making. I don't need to play the most complicated things to really make this song work. You know, like yeah. I get a lot of joy out of playing in a band. The one thing I don't really like is Same. playing by myself. I don't like right. doing that very much. And I did that for way too long. But at the yeah. same time, I don't like lugging around my shit for a hundred bucks a night, if that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then it all yeah. went to gas. And then you got a couple yeah. beers. And then you got some fish and chips. And now you're knocked down to 30 bucks. Like I'm making nothing. Yeah, you lost money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You got to so replace sure. that snare head, dude. Dude, and then like it's one sticks. in the morning and you're finally getting home and you're just bagged and well I better haul yeah. my shit out of my truck though because if I don't do that it might not be there in the morning like <laughs> right you just feel overworked and underpaid you know and yeah, yeah. so yeah. that sort of drove a wedge between me and drums but I feel if I could have a casual just spontaneous thing and it's like that will just be fun man am I ever glad mm. I play right mm. so but yeah. um yeah yeah I I uh, taught a um Actually, you might know about this. There's a co-op in Canada. I'm not exactly sure what the full name of it is, but I was asked to speak to this panel of of, uh, of artists. Okay. The Canadian Canadian Musicians Co-op is what it was called. I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, I did this this week, and it, it was it was really interesting. Actually, I wasn't sure where everyone was coming from. They were just artists. That's how they were, you know, that's how they were introduced to me. But I talked about how. I gave four points of how to be an artist on tour and mm -hmm. be successful and be someone that's likable and mm. has sustainability. And so the one point was this. I said, um, I said, play your show, switch gears and get off stage. And the reason that I had this experience and I wrote about this and talked about it is because I used to play shows and if it was a really good show, I'd walk around with my chin up and I wouldn't leave the stage area. I would just sort of hang around and maybe see how the next band is and like feel really good about myself. Like I can live in this 
space. You know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm mm-hmm. inflated. On the contrary, if I played a really poor show, I would go to the van and I'd sit in the corner and I would just kind of hide, like, you know, cross my arms and sulk a little bit. And what I realized was I was being robbed of all joy of traveling the world because my performance was based on, uh, my, my identity was based on my performance. Mm. And so if I played a really good show, I felt inflated. And if I played a poor show, I felt depressed. And there was no, there was no foundation for who I was beyond how I was doing at that show or how I was performing. Um, and I, I think to your point that you just made about drumming, you finding freedom in drumming when you give up, when you give up this idea that it has to be everything for you, your identity cannot be in your performance on drums. Mm-hmm. If it's that, your drumming will never provide what you need it to. It will, it's going to fail you. Mm-hmm. Um, if your identity isn't something deeper than your performance or, or this instrument, then it can give you more than you think it can. Like you'll be surprised mm-hmm. at how much it'll give you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I found this out the hard way, unfortunately, years and years of touring. Like I, people would ask me, what's Chicago like or what's Nashville like? I'm like, I don't know. I played the show and went right to the van because I had a bad show and I didn't <laughs> feel like going anywhere, you know? And it's like, man, I really missed out on all those years, you know? Mm. And and yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm better at it, but obviously it's still enough of a recent thing that I can talk about it and... I like I I feel the hair go up on my arms because I I remember what it was like to play that shitty show in Eastern Europe where I got off from the click track and my whole week was ruined, you know. Mm-hmm. That's um, so funny, you know. So to that point, I was saying like a Ford Econoline van <laughs> looks like a Ford Econoline van, no matter where it's parked. That that's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was too. Fifteen oh, baby. <laughs> I figured you're a Ford guy, so I'm like, yeah, he probably rocked around in a car line. I am, actually. I am actually a Ford guy. Yeah, Back yeah, seat, yeah. arms crossed, cowered over yeah. in the corner. Don't talk to me. Don't feed me. Don't love me. Don't touch me. I'm here because I want to be here. <laughs> oh, man. Found only really depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I think we found our cover, Tim. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ford oh, logo. Man. That's so good. It just like Matt, just like you know, like yeah. that. <laughs> and maybe pissing on a Chevy logo. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that little guy. He's got his yeah. He's got yeah, his yeah. pee stream. That's right. Man, how'd they get away with that? Oh, I don't know. They, they sure they made quite a business out of that though. Hey. That's funny. Oh, yeah. That's yes, they did. Was that Calvin? Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. I forgot about that. There was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. There was a, a thing I was saying to Tim, uh, given the fact that uh, it's the Holy Ghost notes, and I wanted to share a story, something that happened the other day, uh, if, if that's all right with you guys. I think, yeah. I think you'll Please like do. this. Absolutely. Okay. So... I've had like a lot of situations with uh, Christianity over the course of my life. I went to a Bible horse camp, for an example, and 
I tell this entire story in my new podcast. See, look at that plug. That's how you do it. You know, you, you don't want to like just press yeah, pause yeah. and then plug it. Shoot the shit with shame. You know what I mean? So- <laughs> Check it. But man, I've had a lot of experiences uh, with this. I mean, I used to play in a worship band. Uh, some of my most powerful moments on stage happened during worship. You know, like, mm. you know, which is interesting because I think in those times. Although I did do those things, it was, in a sense, I'd almost go as far to say it was like I was exploiting something because it was my only good opportunity to play music. These were good musicians, great sound guy, good drums. Didn't have Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. lug anything. I just showed up with my snare and sticks (laughs) and sat down and played. And, like, the music wasn't bad. I liked the arrangements, actually, a lot of the Hillsong stuff. And, like, I I didn't mind it musically at all. But I wasn't in it. Like, my heart wasn't in it like that. And it caught up with me a couple times. I do remember that. But I've been having a lot of thoughts lately about... What the, a stage of my life uh, with spirituality, and because I know faith is, is part of your show and your theme, this is why I'm mentioning this. I, I, I like to take mm-hmm. Harris and my son on tractor rides, so I'll, I'll load him up in the, in the trailer and then uh, get my X350 out and take it down to the... He likes going to the cemetery because it's just down my street, and then we cut it around the cornfield, and then we can go right in there. And... Mm. Uh, the past couple of times, you know, there, as, you, as you go down the pathway, I remember the first time, it was called the Sacred Heart Cemetery. Uh, you go down one of the roads, and, and, and there's just like a really big uh, sculpture uh, of the scene of uh, the crucifixion of Jesus, right? Mm. And, and you see it at the end of this road, and it's pretty pretty cool like it's it's it there's a power to it there's some gravity to this thing uh and i remember the first time seeing it and i was kind of like wow that's like beautiful like it really is Mm -hmm. like that's a quite the thing and it's big and it's impressive it's it's got size to it and and harrison's been asking questions about jesus you know and i don't have a lot to share with him Mm. other than the little bit that i do know but the last time we went he was like really attracted to this to this uh, sculpture, and so we walked down and we looked at it and we got really really close to it, like closer to it than we ever had. And uh, you know, he's asking me questions about it and like what's going on. And I'm like, well, I mean, he was nailed to the cross and this is how he died. And you know, this is what uh, people believe Jesus was like. And, you know, he's a really good man. And I don't know a lot, right? So I'm, I'm telling him very primary stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, sharing. Right. But as I'm saying it, even though I don't know a lot about it, and I don't have a lot of influence either because, like, I wasn't influenced a whole lot because I didn't grow up with Christian family uh, or anything like that. Right. So, like, my interpretation mm-hmm. of it is sort of I'm making it up like a kid would, you know? It's... I just know a little bit. Uh, but I, I reflect upon things as I'm explaining this stuff to him. And I'm starting to think, like, why are we so attracted to this right now? And, like, why is he asking so many questions about it? And why am I feeling like this when I'm talking about it? And it's, like, making me really emotional, you know, like, yeah. a, as we're mm-hmm. talking about this, you know. And, yeah. and uh, so anyway, so we, we get back on the tractor and, we, and he wanted to say goodbye to him. I was like, yeah, let's do that. Like, that sounds great. So we, we go around the cemetery again, and we go down the road, and 
I, I turned the tractor off and we're just there looking at it again. And we started talking about it again. I was like, well, Harrison, you know, like people pray, you know, like, do you know what praying means? And, and he's like, no. And I was like, well, it's like when people talk to him, you know, and they, they share some thoughts with him or it's something that's on their mind or, you know, and, and people do that. Like it, it helps a lot of people. And, yeah. uh, so I was like, do you want to try? You know, like, I don't pray, man. Like, I, I don't do this, you know, like, the, yeah. I'm like a novice. I'm a newbie at this yeah. and, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, I just felt really, really compelled to talk to him about the good nature of Jesus and like, you know, like Aww. what people believe he was and like, and how absent this is today. This is what I'm getting at. I, I feel like it's so absent you know, the fact mm. that people cancel each other when they have an opposing point of view. And, and he mm -hmm. died because of that, you know, because yeah. he did his own thing, you know, and he did what he yeah. felt was right. And he challenged people around him. And, and, and that's what happened to him. And I, and I see a little mm. bit of myself in that, you know, because I, I you know, I, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. We're selling off everything. We're going away. And we got tons of people telling us we're idiots. And because of what we believe is right for us you know what i mean and hmm. so anyways um absolutely man harrison harrison said a prayer and he's sitting there in the, in the tractor in the trailer and he's just closing his eyes just like this like really Aww. tight and, and he says <laughs> and he said thank you jesus for being a good man Aww. you know and it's made me think a lot like, how can I be a better man, you know? And, like, what is, yeah. what's missing in the fabric of the family unit? And, you know, what, what mm -hmm. matters, you know? And how people treat each mm -hmm. other, really, it's disgusting. And I'm, I have a serious yeah, problem it with it. I really do. That's why yeah. I'm not going to be on social media anymore. Because I'm tired mm -hmm. of looking at it. I, I just, I want to mm. put up barriers in my life that are healthy and introduce the things like the food we eat the things we discuss the work we do yep. so that and in eliminating guilt out of our lives so that i feel like a good person like i'm doing what i say you know i say mm. something and i actually live it and i've been yeah. also thinking too like it probably wouldn't hurt to pray and to you know, say grace at the dinner table and have like, I have friends mm -hmm. that can talk to us about that and talk mm -hmm. to Harrison about that in the way that it means to them, not in a religious right. way. Like talk to the boy right. about what that means to you. What does Jesus mean to you? Yeah, you know, your right. own personal relationship right. there, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's yeah. good. You know, like I have a feeling it probably is. And, yeah, um, right. you know what I'm saying? So I, I wanted to share that because I think, again, like with everything going on in the world and, and just how dark and twisted up it is right now, uh, mm -hmm. this is, again, one of those times that maybe I'm thinking about this more because mm -hmm. of that. And maybe it's something yeah. I ought to look at because it's tapped me on the shoulder more than once. Mm -hmm. mm. That's right, man. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, that's a really moving story. And yeah. I, I'm really proud of you for talking about that on here. And I'm really glad that you did because it speaks to me. And uh, I know it'll speak to so many of the people listening to this. I just yeah. really appreciate you as a friend. I appreciate your time coming on here and being a part of this conversation. Yeah, At Holy Ghost Notes, you know, our goal is to question the status quo. And our goal is to 
defend those who don't really have a way of defending themselves and give a voice to those who don't feel like they have a voice. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud to have guests like you on who bring a perspective that is unique um, mm-hmm. and important, actually. It, it, you know, it really matters to us to hear people like you who are raising their kids in the way that they think they're, it is best for them, you know, um, and it's, it's helpful to our podcast. It's helpful to Tim and I on a personal level and yeah. it's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And we get to do this. I, I love that <laughs> yes. we get to have, you know, conversations like this. It's, it's the, mm-hmm. there are a lot of drawbacks to having a podcast, but mm-hmm. one of the pros is certainly like we get to sit down and have cool conversations like this that matter. That's right. So That's thank you for I being a part of that, man. Well, thank it's you awesome. guys. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I was really excited to talk about that because uh, it hit me over the head the other day. And it's been sitting on my heart and it's something that uh, I'm coming to realize, you know, a few things about myself and about maybe what the best way to live is so that, again, you don't have to have the burden of guilt. I mean, with the stuff where like if if uh, if you could see yourself in a third person security camera and all the things you Mm -hmm. do from the time you wake till the time you go to bed, would there ever be Mm -hmm. anything on that camera on that video feed that would make you feel uncomfortable or shameful Mm. or guilty, not Mm. proud, and eliminate Mm. those things from the things you do day to day and be ultra conscientious of those things. And then, I feel anyways, then you can start feeling a lot better about being assertive in your own methods, in your own ways, uh, Mm. because of that. You know, I think that really helps. That, that, that feels, uh, feels like I have a lot of work to do. If there, if Mm. there's that CCTV on me all day, oh my gosh, (laughs) Uh, I I don't want you guys seeing that. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Well, I don't think a lot of us want to see our, we can all share that. And and if we, if we don't, if we don't feel the same way, then we've got some work to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. And we're a little bit, uh, I think that's a, it's just, it's a good baseline anyways, right? It's a good baseline to, uh, sort of calibrate in a sense. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. Just want to throw that out there too, before we sign yeah. off here, but they, I, I want to thank you both for, uh, taking time to talk to me, uh, during this really interesting point in my life. It's definitely yeah. a very unusual time. And, uh, I don't know if I've ever had so many things being lifted from the roots all at once before. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm not a stranger to discomfort. I'm not a stranger to challenge. And, Yep. And I think that at the end of the day, like if you can get through that with some dignity intact and, you know, you feel good about the choices you make, uh, it better prepares you for the next stage of your life. And I feel like the next stage of our lives is going to be even harder. But, um, you know, we feel we feel anyways that this is how we want to live, you know, and, and oh, that's awesome. Right. Love that. So that's that's what's that's that. well, that's very well put. And let's end on that note. Um Thank you so much for yeah. coming on here once again. Thank you, Tim. This was, I know I was in your top 20, so fun. but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I, I'm just going to shrink this down to like top five for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, too kind. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This was, I mean, this was really our pleasure. So, yeah, it was. Uh, this was, thank you Me for too. gracing us with your presence and, and uh, coming on and, and talking My to pleasure, us. My pleasure, guys.
Yeah, well, thanks so much again, Seamus. That was uh, that was just awesome. So as you were, uh, yeah. you know, that last story that you told actually made me think of something. Um, so my son is is right about the age of your son. So Caden uh, is four, and you know he's been asking a lot of the same questions. So it was, you know cool hearing that <laughs> we share that um but more more recently uh my son has been adamant about praying before a meal and mm. if we forget to pray before the meal you know we pray before dessert of course um but <laughs> his his praying awesome. is uh is, it is so funny um you know like my so my my in-laws have a very specific prayer that they pray before before meals yeah. um you know, the way we grew up, I grew up, um, was that everyone would take turns praying and it was however they wanted to pray for that meal. Um, and that's usually how I pray before a meal or something. But, uh, my son prays a a specific prayer every, every time. And it's, uh, Jesus, so we love you and you love us and God, so we love you and you love us. He doesn't pray for the food. He doesn't pray for anything else. And for like the first few times I was like, asking him, like, why do you pray that way? Like, you know, you should pray for the food and stuff. And then I, like, took a step back and I was like, wait a second, this is exactly the prayer that you should be praying. Like, as far as you getting it, this is it. Yeah. Jesus, you love us and and we love you. (laughs) God, you love us and we love you. I was like, man, that's, like, such a great prayer. So it's like I actually come to, uh, I've come to really uh, love when my son will pray before meals because hmm. that's exactly what I'm going to hear and I love hearing yeah. it every single time. Yeah, so there's something really uh, cool. there's something so uh, refreshing about the innocence of of a child and and that's exactly what I heard from Seamus's story uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of that that conversation. So thanks again Seamus. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. That was amazing. And thank you for listening to this uh, podcast Holy Ghost Notes. We're really happy to be doing this and feel very fortunate um, to have uh, you as a listener yeah. and to have the inner circle as our support system to continue doing this. Um, if you're interested in supporting or just getting more involved or you're looking for community, our inner circle is a good place to be. It's a good mm-hmm. place to start. Um, in fact, it's, it's so closely knit that they meet on Wednesday nights. This was outside of our control. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, we like each other. Let's get together and talk yeah. some more. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you'd like to uh, sign up for that, you can sign up on our Patreon That'd be great. It'd be yeah. be awesome to have you. It would. It would. And on that note, I actually have a shout out for uh, a new uh, member. Uh, so big shout out to Jonathan Rush. Uh, thank you so much for your support and uh, welcome to the inner circle. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you guys Thanks, are interested Jonathan. at all, um, you know we it does it does support the podcast. Help us. It helps us grow. Helps us to continue to improve the quality and uh, consistency. Um, and uh, yeah, um, if you're interested, patreon.com slash holy ghost notes. It's pretty cool. Um, and you actually have a, a little community that you're building underneath uh, MGL, Matt Griner Lessons, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. I, I hear rave reviews about the, uh, the drummer hangouts, which also happens on Wednesdays, right before our uh, Wednesday night hangout right. in the inner circle. So it's pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, yeah. And you can get access actually to, to Matt Griner Lessons as well at a, at a certain tier level. I think it's the uh triplet tier maybe i forget Mm -hmm. but check it out um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast um 
whether you're supporting us through Patreon or not, we uh, we really appreciate you listening and and um, we feel like you're a, a part of what we're doing. So um, so thank you for that. And um, if you have any thoughts or questions or want to reach out, um, feel free. Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com is our email address, and you can also hit us up on any of our socials. Um, so, and if you're a drummer, post and drum videos. Make sure you use the hashtag holyghostnotes for a chance to be featured on our page. Yeah. That's right. I think that's about it. Very good. That's Thank you, everyone. Wrote. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Peace. Peace.